Hey, this is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley and hey. Derek. Oh gosh, <laughs> man. I, I told myself before we started to <laughs> pause for your noise. Hey, <laughs> Derek is still on summer break. I'm pretty sure he'll be back for our very exciting episode next week, which we'll talk about a little later. But for now, um, you're listening to new release. This is a movie podcast with a time traveling twist, episode 116. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yes, it is. Ashley, um, when the heck are we time traveling to this week? Well, somehow we're already through June of 1982 pretty quickly. Um, so that gives us only two more months to take in the sights and smells, and most importantly, the sounds of this otherworldly summer season. Wait a second. Do you hear that? <laughs> I think I hear something. Hmm. What could it be? What could it be? Oh, here it is. <laughs> the woods of eastern Ohio. Uh-oh. Sunset and silence. Something weird is happening here. Moonrise. Out of the ground all around us, strange creatures are emerging Uh-oh. by the millions. Uh-oh otherworldly creeping creatures with unnerving unblinking great bulging red eyes <laughs> they could come from a distant galaxy oh they make no sound until dawn oh locust when the sun comes up there who knows it ah, sounds like locust. an alien creature no <laughs> yeah it's well it could be it could be that's what the news said so okay fine did you ever find yeah. out what happened? I mean, 82, it's like 40 years ago. They released I mean, what it was. Hard to say. We survived and we returned and we're repeating this vicious circadian, circadian cycle all over again. Oh, circadian. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in other news, what uh, might be showing at the multiplex this week, Ashley? Well, the hit musical we've all been dying to see made it into... Was made into a movie and it's finally hitting the big screen. <laughs> where, where are my orphan any fans at? Anyone? Anyone? No. Sounds like you're not really a fan. You can't even you can't even say that I with just a straight can't face. Read. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not a big fan. No. So, what do you think? Do you want to watch um, it? I'm not. I'm good. What do you do? You remember the name of the dude who takes her in? Daddy Warbucks. Yep, that's it. I want to say it's like Oliver. But I might just be I might just be making that up because I have a friend <laughs> Oliver. But yeah, so Daddy Warbucks takes in Orphan Annie and they sing some songs. Hard not hard knock life and such. Yep. They made a new. Remember the name of the the child actor you couldn't pronounce a couple weeks ago? Uh, no. Well, Vonzene Wallace. Oh, yep. There. Yeah. Why would the, I remember? That'd be hard in, to remember. Uh, the remake. The modern, oh. um, the more modern remake of. Did you Orphan watch Annie. it? No, I did not. Okay, same. <laughs> so, anything else? Um, there's an Orphan Annie coming out in 2020. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, there's this really cool thing by John Carpenter called The Thing. Oh. And it's just basically a poster with these men and their guns and a shadow effect. And it says, "Man is the warmest place to hide," and that's mm. it. It's pretty intriguing um, and creepy at the same time. Yeah. Well, let's hide inside some men and go see it. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) 
its origin. Alien. It's Acadian. Location. <laughs> Antarctica. Age. Unknown. Intent. Survival. Destination. Man. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing. The ultimate in alien terror. Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Check newspapers for local <laughs> listings. I hate that sound so much. Yeah, those guttural growls. Mm. I have so many thoughts on this movie, but man, we just Oof. got out of the theater and are kind of, as usual, um, still recovering and still sorting through our thoughts. But where do you want to start, Ashley? Well, I couldn't even eat my popcorn and finish it. So yeah, it's pretty, um, it was pretty gory. I, I mean, I knew it would be gory, but it was definitely different than I expected it to be. Like I can handle like someone shooting someone and being like done. But aliens morphing into, I don't know, it was the special or the effects were incredible. Um, yeah. So the, we, let's just start there. I mean, this movie is memorable for kind of Kurt Russell for the setting and the vibe and just kind of this like slow burn thriller. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get these like extended sequences of the most ridiculous and <laughs> uh, practical effects and gore that you've ever seen that kind of make no sense in terms of like the creature's ultimate goals of blending in right <laughs> and and staying hidden and somehow like through these computer projection models it's going to take over the entire world within like 26 days or something once it makes contact hours. oh even even quicker <laughs> yeah but, but like i don't want to like say that this was a that this like distracted me from the movie at all I, I i my point is just that the uh, the transformations come out of nowhere and they're so excessive and awesome yeah. <laughs> and they just like take you out of these really tense it's almost like when horror movies have com comedic beats to relieve mm -hmm. your tension you're like it's building and building and building and then all of a sudden like someone's hands go through someone's chest cavity yeah or in their face yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, uh, we can start with the you know the the dog transformation actually the just the what did you think of just the opening of this movie with that the helicopter shot and them chasing the dog well it started off like really i was really interested immediately the first two yeah. minutes i was like why is this helicopter flying all erratically and crazy and why are they shooting at this like little cute husky and i was like oh something it's not just a husky clearly um but it was quite the way to start the movie i don't know it's it was really exciting <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool. Like it it establishes the setting, which is just Antarctica in the middle of nowhere. Like you're flying, you get these helicopter shots. So you get a helicopter in a shot, but obviously mm -hmm. they have to be filming it with a helicopter. And then yeah, you wonder why this helicopter is trying to chase down a dog yeah. through the snow. So it it uh, totally piques your interest without revealing anything. Um before that the only thing, one of my only other quibbles with the movie is I feel like they could just cut out the spaceship scene. Yeah, I agree. Um, they don't so really get like, anything. Do they get anything from it besides? I just don't. Oh, they have a photo of like, oh, something was buried. Well, the spaceship just that's like the, the backstory 100,000 years earlier. Yeah. So would you see before the, the spaceship like bursts through the screen and, and spells out the thing, which is a cool, yeah, that's um, cool. title <laughs> effect? I, that's really the only purpose it serves is to like, um, have this this title reveal, but basically something crash landed on Earth tens or hundreds of thousands of years earlier, 
and um, these Norwegians, not Swedes, mm-hmm. um, dug it up. And as we know from the 2011 movie called The Thing, which is a prequel. <laughs> oh, it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know from this movie that they go to their base and all of this happened to, well, you know, we can deduce that this happened to them first. Mm-hmm. And the dog came from that base and they, they were chasing it. And the two people that could have, they didn't speak English, but they could have eventually tried to explain what was going on, um, blow themselves up. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. of them blows himself up and the other one gets shot because he's shooting at the dog and hits one of the Americans at the base. And so they shoot him and he yeah. dies. Yeah. And I thought when you meant spaceship, I forgot about the very intro. I thought you meant like going to the other base to figure out what had happened. And I was like, that to me was also kind of a waste of time, but they did get some documents from that visit. Yeah. Well, it, that, that was like some of our first signs of, of, of gore and, and chaos and like something having gone horribly wrong. And it gives, it separates Kurt Russell and a couple other characters from the characters back at the base um, that are hanging out with the dog and, and, and yeah. so's doubt and who might've had time to be uh, taken over by the yeah. thing. So uh, yeah. Why don't you explain what the thing does? I mean, so basically it's really tiny, like organism and it can essentially go into your body and then mutates within your body and duplicates your cells. Yeah. And so it can grow like head, like a double head and like <laughs> other different body parts and stuff. It's pretty it's pretty wild. I mean, and it, the way it takes over different creatures is all, it seems different for each person or for each thing. It'll like come out of its mouth or like it'll destroy someone's hands by like chomping on them. Like it's very, it's just trying to defend itself, but it's very, um, very intense. Yes. Yeah. It absorb. That's the, again, if you think about like the mechanics of its transformation system too much, it doesn't really make any sense. Like sometimes it absorbs the person. Sometimes it seems to be like pretty slow, but yeah. other times like towards the end of the movie, it happens yes. a lot faster. Yeah. Um, and like they put the, the affected dog infected dog in with the other dogs. And that's when the like tendrils start like coming out of it and uh, basically sort of like, absorbing the other dogs like it's mirroring them yeah um and so at various points we see like multiple dog heads coming out of whatever creature like it 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 remembers at least for the short term all the other organisms it's absorbed so you see remnants of humans like all of it is an excuse for just an absolute (laughs) you know incredible uh, array Mm -hmm. of gore and special effects um, before we talk kind of about like the undercurrent and the paranoia of the movie, though, I guess we do have a clip for when they first discovered the um, uh, dogs in the pen. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. Benning's going to get chopped. <laughs> what is this? What's, the kind of- What's going on? What's the kind of- hey, Parma, what is it? I don't know. Wait, Mac wants the flamethrower. Mac wants the what? <laughs> That's what he said. Now move. <laughs> We're not going to play a ton of clips. That's just a little taste there um, because it's, so, it's such a visual movie. Yeah. There's, of course, kind of a cool pulsate, pulsating score, which was not done, weirdly, by John Carpenter. It's um, uh, Inno Morricone, um, a famous Italian composer 
who's sort of doing a John Carpenter impression for Carpenter, <laughs> which yeah. is weird. Which actually got him like a Razzie award for this movie. But then really? they used unedited footage, an unedited sound or music from this film for The Hateful Eight, and he won an award. Isn't that funny? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I mean, we can that we can talk about this a little more later, but just like the Blade Runner, just like Blade Runner last week, mm-hmm. this movie was not uniformly well received by critics. They were totally turned off by the the gore, which is kind of one of the most transcendent, memorable, long lasting uh, artifacts of this movie. They were into, for the most part, the performances and kind of the general like suspense of the movie, but thought the gore was just too much. I mean, where do you fall on that aside from not being able to eat your popcorn? Oh, I like the gore. Uh, (laughs) It was done really well. And I feel like if it's going to be a radar movie with some type of like alien taking over, like they should go as extreme as they did. You know, it was incredible. Um, I get why critics critics probably didn't like it because it came out like right around ET and they're like, oh, it's so cool. Like it's radar, whatever we find. They're like, this is not what I signed up for. And, uh, you know, just another alien movie, but like extreme alien movie. And a couple of critics even said things like um, it was like an alien knockoff and like all this hmm. stuff. And this is John Carpenter's like it's his favorite. It's his personal favorite movie of his of all time. So he took like all the critics reviews really harshly, which is sad. Yeah, I mean, John Carpenter's one of my favorite directors, and I've thought a lot about my favorite. Like, I can't remember. I think we did. did we did. We did. We do a Carpenter movie early on. I'm not sure we have, but I don't like, think so. I was trying to go back and watch them all. Like, I love The Fog, even though it's very flawed. Oh, we did Firestarter. Oh yeah. So we did. He did. He didn't make Firestarter, but he was supposed to. Um, oh, okay. So that was a King adaptation, but Carpenter was originally going to d- direct it, and he ended up uh, getting kicked off the project for some reason, and that's when he made Christine instead in '85. But Escape from New York is incredible. Um, Halloween, of course, and Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, he is a absolute legend, and he's made some bad movies later on, uh, like Ghost of Mars. I think is his. Uh, in the late 90s and so he definitely kind of had his peak from I mean these movies all came out like every year there was an awesome new John Carpenter movie from Halloween basically through um, uh, the mid to late 80s so he was very prolific uh, but this movie was was his follow-up like you know I guess it went it went um, Halloween then big then uh, Escape from New York, and then this. Um, so he was, you know, had worked with Kurt Russell already. So Kurt Russell was kind of becoming a bit of a star. And I think, yeah, people were just not ready for the the shock value mm-hmm. of this. Like Halloween doesn't really have gore in no. it in, in this <laughs> to this degree. Um, and it doesn't hit you out of nowhere like you said before. It's just all of a sudden you're like, oh, he's just, oh, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Like, it's just very, and it's really uncomfortable and it doesn't like, the shot doesn't like move away. It just like focuses on like all the gory details. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, it keeps going. Like, I mean, it's, 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 we talk about this nonstop because it's kind of one of the best parts of revisiting this time period is how different effects feel when, and how they hold up perfectly well from the eighties, even it, like 
especially when they're not going for realism, like they're going for realism in a visceral sense. Like you can um, tell that something really was there and everyone's reacting to a real thing, but they are so exaggerated that that works in their favor because you're distracted by like the, the head trans growing like spider legs out of it and crawling around the floor. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) you're so, it's so creative with how the, the gore is used that Mm -hmm. you're not examining. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of boring when they go for this movie. Nothing about this movie is realistic um, in terms of like the way the creature works. So Mm -hmm. like same for alien, like that. I mean, sure. A xenomorph could look like, a giant um, uh, eggplant penis looking monster, <laughs> but like it probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe it wouldn't look like ET either. Um, who knows? It wouldn't, it probably would be not the least bit humanoid. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, it's fun to just take like big swings and movies from this time period. were good at doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think it paid off because I didn't really, the one thing I did not like about this movie uh-huh. There were a couple, but the one main thing is there's so many characters and I couldn't keep track of who is who. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. I was like, are you just like saying names? Because you could honestly introduce a character and then never like meet the character and I wouldn't know. Like I only I, remember like Mac and like the doctor. And that's pretty much it. Right. And they say names constantly throughout. And no matter how many times I watch this movie, I'm with you. It's I'm in the same boat. I don't think this is necessarily intentional, but it almost works in the movie's favor in the sense that everyone basically the underlying suspense of the whole movie is anyone could be the thing Mm -hmm. at any point once we know that's what's once we know it's taking over people um once we know it has that ability so uh, the whole time and it's all all exclusively men in this this movie so there's no like distraction and i don't mean this yeah is a plus or minus it's just interesting that like there's no opportunity for like other sub traditional subplots, love stories, relationships. It's purely just like survival and um, uh, who's in control, who might be second guess, who might be quicker to second guess the other characters. And Kurt Russell kind of ends up taking the lead. And he's sort of a, I mean, he's a likable character because he looks cool as shit. And yeah. just gets... it took him a year to grow his beard out and his hair. Just for that role. <laughs> wow. But like <laughs> he does some unlikable things. I mean, I guess he, he's not meant to be like a, a unflawed person. He's just like looks great with the flamethrower and, and ice in his beard. Yeah. And the sunglasses. He yeah. looks really cool. He did shoot that guy in the head. That wasn't an alien. So, yep. Yeah. Out of, you know more or less self-defense, but he probably could have subdued him in a non-threatening or, you know, a non-deadly way. way. Yeah. Um, but what did you think of Kurt Russell's performance and, and just kind of their performances in general? I thought he was really good. Yeah. I don't think his acting like took away from like the movie or because sometimes like when we mentioned like Harrison Ford last week, I just like eh, acting like couldn't care, could care less about him. Yeah. Um, I like Kurt Russell a lot. And I remember watching this movie beforehand with you and dad. And I was like, he was, he's really good. Um, yeah, I think yeah. all of them are pretty, are pretty good actors. I know that at the time they used to hire a lot of comedians to like do, to audition for roles, like the, um, the like third or the tertiary characters. Mm-hmm. So there's like one comedian in the movie, but he did a pretty good job too. 
Is he yeah. the is he the one like who's on the radio or he's, he's the stoner I dude? He's, I think he's Nalls. Is that so the, the guy on the... roller skates, the black dude? Mm-hmm. Well, not the main black dude, but not yeah, Childs. Yeah, so yeah. He's very similar names too. It's just like Childs, Nalls. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, I think he was he was a comedian, and so they like hired him on the which he was great. Um, did you like Kurt Russell's acting? Or, yes. Or, or it was distracting or no, I mean, okay. he, he's, he's awesome from the moment he shows up like, yeah. in his, in his jacket. And it's just an iconic look. Um, and his beard is, is incredible. His hair is like feathered and, and flowing. It's not like it's, it's not like down to his, his, uh, halfway down his back or anything. It's like just perfect shoulder length, but it's funny that they can like go on a helicopter ride and he's like yeah. got, you know, like a ski helmet on or not a ski helmet, but like, you know, uh, uh flight suit on and, and yeah, great. just looks uh, incredible no matter what he steps yeah. out of or what he steps into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, there's that, there's a lot of flamethrower action. And I think just the, the vibe of this movie is what's in addition to the FX. So cool. Like you get this great icy, location just Mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere so all there's no at no point like is there really any hope of them they are supposedly trying to like use the radio to call for help but um and the one person who's in charge before kurt russell seems to be holding out hope but the guy in charge of the radio is like no it's it's going to be months so (laughs) we have no no real hope for outside uh intervention and we have like the weather as a oppressive force and then of course we have this just unprecedented threat of the of the alien creature so and then on top of all that it's man versus man because they don't know who to trust um so psychological elements combined with the insane gore and just cool ambiance i mean Mm -hmm the fire against the icy backdrop yeah. is just a perfect combo. And I just like love uh, how they blow up everything. I don't know. I just like, yeah, yes, that's blow up a, more things. Yeah. And it's all really blowing up. I mean, you know, yeah. they're like, um, I don't, I, I assume, I don't know where they filmed this, but like another sign of the times is practical explosions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, really blowing shit up, really um, lighting things on fire. And it looks it, it looks and feels real when you watch it. And then the score, which won the Razzie, is just this very minimalistic pulsing mm-hmm. um, baseline throughout the movie. It's kind of like a heartbeat. So anytime you hear it, you're almost like you're you become paranoid because mm-hmm. it just signals. It's uh, if anything, if 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 any, it's dripping off anything aside from you know Halloween or other John Carpenter stuff. It's basically the Jaws theme. Yeah, <laughs> um, it kind of works, works in the same function and is equally spare and minimal. But I don't know. I think it's it's it just propels you through the movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't distracting or bad or it's just it was, yeah, very minimal. I don't even remember. Like we just finished the movie. I don't even really remember the music that much. So, doom, doom. yeah, doom, doom. that's Pretty it. Is. it. Doom, yeah, doom. <laughs> uh, I watched a. Uh, the movie I forgot to mention was the movie Carpenter made a couple years before Halloween, which was in more of an action, um, uh, like pre, uh, police station invasion movie assault 
on Precinct 13. Uh, there's been a remake of it, but I hadn't. That's the only Carpenter movie I think I hadn't seen before. Um, and it just basically takes place in one location. It's a police station in that case instead of a um, research station. But he just really has a way of like interpersonal character dynamics in the midst of some kind of. It it it's the reason it's better than just like the most generic, even cools like slasher films from the 80s is these feel like real characters yeah. i mean you don't always get that yeah they felt genuine they you can tell they all had a relationship because they didn't want to kill each other because they're like yeah i've known this guy for 10 years like i don't want to put a flamethrower on him they're like but he's an alien he's mutating they're like uh like the, yeah <laughs> no like that's like yeah very tough and they all knew that for the most part they weren't going to get out so right i mean let's talk about the um blood test so the movie kind of peaks in paranoia with them figuring out a way to, you know, like they've got everybody in a room together and then they're going to figure out who the alien is, if you want to describe that yeah. methodology. So everyone cuts their fingers and then puts it in a little like almost like a, te- like a little test container. And then Kurt Russell's character, Mac, takes a flamethrower and heats up a needle, makes it extremely hot dips it in the blood and if the blood reacts to it if the alien will pop out or whatever this is his theory this is theory because it'll try it'll try and defend itself to yeah. get away from the heat um and so he's like testing one like one by one everyone's like who i passed i passed and then he gets to one of the guys and it like the alien like jumps out of the blood and the guy yeah. starts going crazy and mutating and he's connected, which is my, like one of my favorite scenes. He's like connected to ropes, that, like other people tied that yeah. down beside him. And he's like <laughs> just going crazy and turning into an alien. Everyone's like, get me out of here. Um, it's a nuts scene. Yeah. And it looks like they're almost on like a roller coaster ride because the chairs are like shifting so aggressively left and right because of the alien. Um, and then he gets a hold of one of the guys and like bites off their head or like their head goes into his mouth yeah <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's such a perfectly executed scene because it's it's tense while at the same time you get all the characters together and you get to watch them like both it, it almost seems like the people don't even i guess the people that aren't infected obviously don't know yeah. we don't know for sure if the people that are do know i guess we can assume they do but, Maybe. You, but you're equally paranoid of yourself even like you don't right. know what the, this has never happened before like you don't know what your own symptoms would be mm-hmm. like so they're like really nervous and also the test was just completely like a hypothesis that <laughs> right just Kurt Russell came up with so um but I mean yeah it's just it's it's really tense for the audience and when they the blood does jump uh out of the 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 lid thing it's a jump scare in the movie like a very oh, earned yeah. one not like a gimmicky jump scare it's like you know you're on the edge of your seat for the whole <laughs> the whole testing process and they they save it like the person you think the person i guess he ends up shooting in the head mm-hmm. um or maybe even someone else the the person who had access to the blood maybe like is who you think it's going to be and then right before they get to that person it's the person before so yeah, i mean the person beside him <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so you get you know you they fake you out but of course it wasn't going to be the most obvious yeah. Uh, answer and then you know and then there's some some shenanigans where somebody who is presumably um infected takes kurt russell some kind of article of clothing of kurt russell and shreds it and makes it look like and hides it outside so they will find it 
and and start to suspect him so the the creature learns to sow even more <laughs> paranoia in the humans as a way to uh you know what i what i wasn't sure of and i think i figured this out as as i started as we started talking it out after the movie was like it was it could infect more than one person at once it wasn't just passed along right yeah that's what i was actually going to ask you before we started yeah. today i was like can it go from because it seemed like almost like timed out to where you didn't see it in two places at once but yeah. but eventually no, I, you do yeah it just seems like it's so close you're like is it have to be like immediately jumping like but i think it's just you can it could infect the whole thing like everyone right and, but it was it was again these are these are nitpicks that aren't even really yeah problems but like it it just didn't seem good it wasn't good at hiding itself the second there was right. any any suspicion it would start like um transforming or screaming and that that oh, tone yeah. we heard in the trailer like it would immediately give itself away um <laughs> it like the the humans weren't very good i mean or the 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 creature wasn't very good once it was a human of acting yeah realistic the only person who was who was in fact infected the whole time who acted sort of convincing was um the guy they banish to the shed right mm-hmm. and i don't even know what he who he was or like what was his was he wasn't the doctor was he just he, like a, he was like a he doctor was right he did the first autopsy oh okay then yeah because I couldn't remember if he was the doctor or the guy that got his arms cut off and he was doing the um, CPR and the other guy was the yeah. doctor. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they banished the doctor to the, like, the shed and like locked him in there. And he was like building a layer underneath it. Yeah. He was building like, a ship um, yeah, for the alien to, to, to escape. Not, I guess at first, at first glance, it was like, oh, the alien wants to go home, but this isn't an ET situation. It wants to go like, Infect it just everyone. wants to use the ship to get to a more populated area. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, the, the CPR scene is incredible. It's where, you know, the guy's doing like chest compressions oh. and the chest just opens up and turns into uh, another Jaws reference. And bites his arm <laughs> like, off. Basically turns into a shark mouth. Um, yep. And then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's sort of an alien homage as well <laughs> in, in a sense. Um, but yeah, there so many awesome moments like that. The the let's we have to talk about the ending and some of the theories of like whether it even matters who was infected at the end or not, but who's who's left standing or sitting at the end of the movie. So Kurt Russell, Mac is left, and Childs, his friend who they kind of combat they're kind of combative the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but they're just sitting there like freezing to death essentially drinking whiskey being like right. all right well we blew up the alien in the ship so hopefully but then again like what if they're one of them is the alien so then they just freeze and then someone comes to check them out and then it infects everyone anyway yeah well so that's the thing that's why people kind of have wanted answers or wanted you know you left the door open for a sequel is because the only thing we probably could have mentioned this sooner the only thing that we know from the movie that can kill the creature is fire. So yeah. if one of them is infected, they're just faking being uh, affected by the cold. It sure seems like Kurt Russell is like fading off to sleep mm-hmm. in the movie. And, um, you know, there's a couple like really sort of powerful and emotional exchanges 
back and forth between them at the end he's just like well what what are we gonna do and he's like well i don't think we're in any position to do anything yeah we're gonna wait it out Bye. yeah yeah it's like and then the music <laughs> starts thumping of course but mm -hmm. but yeah so one of them could have survived i don't think we get we definitely don't get a definitive answer um but they were the two sort of alpha yeah. alphas of the group and that's why they were butting heads but they just accept <laughs> they accept their fate and like so many carpenter movies man assault on precinct the ending uh comes out of it doesn't come out of nowhere here but it just ends without any kind of neat resolution or you know epilogue where <laughs> what happens from here it's just like they take the sips of whiskey and lay their heads down and then then it's uh fade to fade to credits and i think the first time i watched it i was like what like come yeah. on and the second time i was like okay like i kind of like was like all right i'm okay with like making up my own ending and figuring out like what i think was going to happen it's even i mean like even i think less uh daring directors or a less audacious way to end it would even just be to like drag that moment out longer and show like the camera pulling back show some kind of yeah not like character resolution but just some kind of visual resolution it always i think he always ends his movies like right when you're really expecting a little bit more just He's to like, add no. one final <laughs> yeah one final gut punch um <laughs> but i love the ending it's so like you said there wasn't a lot of hope at any point in the yeah. movie and at a certain point one of the infected people i think it's the doctor to, rips all the uh equipment out of the helicopters i guess to build his own spaceship which he yeah. makes a hell of a lot of progress on in a day yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Or however long it is um it's a quick and <laughs> yeah yeah i guess he's got like you know uh hundred thousand years of knowledge um stored yeah. up in that <laughs> uh thing brain but yeah there's no way for them to escape there's no way for them to contact anyone and then on top of that they um the creature steals the generator so mm -hmm. they lose power and heat and as yeah. soon as they lose heat you know it's a matter of hours before they're they're going to die of exposure they can prolong that a little bit by setting the entire base on fire which they <laughs> do um to kill the thing if you know, so the ending before the ending, the, the the climax with the creature itself takes place sort of in the the underground of the, the, layer, the lab. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they Kurt Russell blows it up with dynamite, basically. Of course, why not? Yeah, tremor style. Mm -hmm. And then that's when he goes to the surface. And the other guy's been conveniently missing for this whole final showdown. Um, so that's why he's Kurt Russell's suspicious of childs and vice versa. Um, but they can't, what are they going to do? Just burn each other? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, maybe um, say, said the, yeah, set each other on fire. Yeah. Then they know. And the, the, oh, the other thing that's funny about them sharing the drink, um, it reminded me of earlier on in the movie. At one point they're like, well, we're going to have to prepare our own food and eat it only out of only canned food from now on. And yet they're like swapping blood and yeah. like doing absolutely taking zero precautions to uh -huh. if it's if it spreads by you know like uh touch or airborne or any kind of close contact they could care less yeah um, i hope they're both aliens yeah yeah <laughs> i mean do you have like a, a desired outcome or reading of the the ending of the movie that is more meaningful for you um 
I don't know. I just really like the name. I just really like all the mutations and stuff. So I kind of want that to keep happening. If there were to be another yeah. movie. So uh, <laughs> I'm okay with them both being aliens. I feel like there's no way they wouldn't be because Carissa's in such close contact with them with him the whole time. And like it seems like they should be infected. But, yeah, that's again, that's where I don't get like how it actually uh at one point we see it. The only time we ever really see the infection is um when Kurt Russell is under ground um the other guy he's down there with oh. runs into the the thing and it uh, as a human as a different human and it like puts its hand on his face and puts starts hands in its face in its face yeah yeah so like i don't think we have any evidence that kurt russell is uh, the thing we just can't rule it out right <laughs> um, or is a thing um and One same the for things. the other guy it just seems like it's a pretty elaborate process but i mean i'm with you based on um what would be more if we want to keep kurt russell alive for a sequel <laughs> that's yeah. the only way to do it unless someone just miraculously showed up there mm-hmm. um, right so and then if that was the case it probably would be like a government conspiracy or something that they they knew somehow yeah they're like okay time to get rid of everything and then just burn it all to the ground yeah i wonder i mean i always go to start to watch the the prequel um, which came out, you know, like 10 years from present. And uh, I know nobody really likes it. I always like it. Uh, I start watching it and then, and then I'm not really into it. I need to finish it one of these days or just kind of read. If I, I think new information has come out since this movie, there's also a thing video game. So <laughs> that is like supposedly, I don't know whether Carpenter or whoever has to approve these kind of things, like is official canon for the story. So hmm. I think there is new info post this movie, but I'm not fully caught up to speed on it. So oh, yeah, okay. but I'm, that's about all I've got to say. Do you have a poem for us? I do. Let's hear it. All right. <clears throat> Scientific researchers are stationed in Antarctica for not, for not sure what, cause they don't really go into that by the way, but yeah. um, where they see a helicopter flying erratically and shooting at a Husky's butt. The helicopter lands and the Norwegian pilot runs out aiming his gun. He accidentally shoots crew members so they target him and kill him. What fun. The dog is put in the kennel with all the other dogs where where things start to get weird. And the new dog begins to mutate and attack the other pups, which is something they never feared. Now the doc figures out the alien can easily mutate and take over any living form by splitting cells and some shit. Definitely not the norm. (laughs) Now Now one by one, the remaining members are given blood tests to figure out who is still real. And damn, the effects on the mutating humans were crazy for real. The main character, Mac, decides that none of them are getting out alive, but they need to prevent the creature from cooling off until it, until its next ride. Because if it goes into hibernation, it'll eventually thaw out and begin taking over the world without a doubt. Mac finds the thing's lair hidden under their base and blows it to smithereens. Take that creepy alien face. Now, Kurt and Childs are the only ones left, but they will now have to stay at the base and freeze to death. So everyone dies by murder, mutation, or deep freeze but they saved the world. So the rest of the planet is at ease for now. Yeah. You know, when you put it that way, it's, it is a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> for everyone not pictured in this movie. Yeah. For everyone that doesn't die. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like really the, the best, the most hopeful reading of the movie is that we just like the, is the most obvious one. They weren't infected. They die. They actually mm-hmm. killed the thing and yeah. uh, rest in peace. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. That was a very uplifting 
<laughs> uplifting <welcome>. presentation there. <laughs> we're going to we're going to talk a little bit more about the thing and the reaction to it. But first, we're going to play a little something we like to call rank the blank. And to pay the bills, we get a sponsor. Not really, but who's to say each week to sponsor rank the blank. And this week's sponsor is something that will keep you warm in the night, perhaps. Let's see. Hours out. What happened? Let's find out. Where's the portable radio? I started in here after the summer. Batteries are probably dead. Not these. They're Duracell batteries. These Duracell batteries have been stored for two years. Will they work? Yes. And in test, yes. after test, after test, two-year-old Duracell batteries worked every time. Duracell, the copper top battery. No regular battery looks like it. Or lasts like it. Wow. Okay. Two years. So yeah, they could have extended their shelf life and the research station with, you know, battery powered flamethrowers for yeah. <laughs> a couple a couple more years. Or there was a cool boombox featured in the uh in the movie. So they mm-hmm. could have at least had some m- music some to, to go out on at the end. Um so yeah, the copper top is our number one choice. Fuck that bunny battery. Um, <laughs> whoa, <okay>. yeah, <laughs> Ashley. Um, rank the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic most outrageous creature effects. We have talked about the effects from the thing quite a bit. We are going to cut right to the chase because we didn't do a ton of research this week. So, what? Um, we've got the thing as our first nominee for this category. Um, pretty hard to top, I'm going to say, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> what is, um, what's your choice going to be? I'm going to go with a movie from 1979 starring Sigourney Weaver, okay. um, with some creatures also in it, mainly one bursting out of someone's chest in mm-hmm, alien. Mm-hmm. It's very gory. I rewatched the scene and I was like, whew, tough to watch. Um, but very good. And that, yeah, that is my nomination well that's a great choice i mean i was trying to just do some last minute um uh racking my brain for options here and thinking of like movies like critters and i mean like the sky's the the limit you could go like further back i used to love this movie um um oh wow why am i blanking on uh, clash of the titans like the more like stop motiony um mm-hmm. miniature effects um, and then all the way up to, well, we'll talk, you, you pick this for in honor of, of Derek's choice, but I feel like that's kind of probably the, the logical pinnacle of practical effects is, is the one, oh, we'll just go ahead and reveal it. Yeah. Um, Jurassic park, the dinosaurs that for are sure. created for that, um, Incredible. are about as, you know, um, monumentous as it gets, <laughs> but the, your choice, like that was going to be my choice before I, I saw that you picked it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking back at previous topics and we did most shocking transformation at one mm-hmm. point And I picked Jeff Goldblum. Speaking of Jurassic park, um, I picked his transformation in the fly. So that definitely would have been my most memorable or most outrageous creature effect, but I didn't want to repeat myself. So I went with the 1988 movie. Um, that's also a remake of a fifties movie. I think like the thing is a remake. Um, the blob 
Oh, yeah. So it's pink. It's gelatinous. It's like <laughs> everyone people. kind of. Yeah, I, I think I had a vague recollection of this movie um, before I rewatched it about a year ago of like, and it's been parodied on The Simpsons. And then I, I think there was a, a another like a maybe a Rob Zombie remake. Um, but it's really hard to describe going back and watching the 88 one how impressive the effect is because one it has to it starts as like a thing crashes from space <laughs> similar to this and it takes over someone's arm at first and that uh quickly it just the, the way it goes up and up and up in scale it mm -hmm. it's like the thing is supposed to allegedly like invasions of the body snatch invasion of the body snatchers or something supposed to be like sneaky about it the blob yeah. is supposed to be just like overwhelmingly <laughs> this just mass that's growing i mean it kind of hides in the sewer um but it's just like growing and growing and getting more um like wrinkly and and yeah. and and large and gooey and and expansive the longer the more it absorbs so like i i don't know how they pull off kind of like such a um such a large like special effect throughout throughout the movie and like capture the scale of mm -hmm. what they're going for but but they do so um that's my choice the blob the blob nice i don't think i've ever seen it yeah it's 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 really good um jamie and i watched that and um she was definitely grossed out but yeah. <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun movie to watch for the for the gore it's not like scary it's a little scary at times but it's not like tense too much so okay highly so, recommend yeah. um yeah where do we want to start oh man these are all really good um it's hard because this movie was so incredible yeah and it gets it works in a lot of different creatures like into yeah. the transformations the cre like if we were just doing a creativity scale i mean yeah, yeah this one has the most creativity um, if we were doing like one memorable moment, alien. the chestburster would be right yeah. up there. Of course, the chestburster is just the baby alien that gestates right. in a human's chest and then turns into the full, uh, the full on, you know, like large xenomorph. Um, so it's a kind of cute in a way. Yeah, um, it's like a yeah, a little cute <laughs> alien baby that yeah. Which they parody, I guess, in Spaceballs or something where they have yeah, it, or the Simpsons, they have it dancing. Yeah, and Space Wells, he's bringing a tux. He's like, come on, my baby. Come on, my darling. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I think this is the order I would do. I would do The Thing, mm -hmm. then Jurassic Park, because that's like really impressive. Yeah. Um, and then The Blob, and then they, and then Alien. Oh, wow. I I, I think we're going to agree on number one, so it doesn't really matter. I'm, but you think I'm with Alien you. should be too? Well, I, I guess it just depends how much we want to zero in on the word outrageous. Like, Oh yeah. I, I would almost say Jurassic part. Park was most impressive. Yeah. Because like that by this is 10 years later, 93. Um, the fact that they were able to realistically capture dinosaurs and make you feel the like mm -hmm. scale and epicness of it is impressive, but they're not like yeah. I didn't weird. focus on the outrageous. Yeah. yeah. So then it would be the thing alien blob Jurassic. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up between Blob and Alien. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, yeah, I would say the first one that like I, I already kind of 
tipped my hand. So <laughs> alien came to mind before the blob, the fly, I, I didn't pick it, so it can't win, um, but I feel like the fly would be, um, right up there as well. So mm-hmm. I think we can go to the thing and then alien, which it did not rip off. And then the blob and Jurassic park for sure. I mean, I've been yeah. on with the new movie in 2022 that has come out. Um, not great, but it was fine. And then <laughs> rewatching some of the older ones I've been immersed <laughs> in Jurassic park, uh, effects lately. And the thing was a nice breath of fresh air. It's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. Well, we have a win for the movie again. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Movies that's always, it lately. <laughs> always exciting when that happens. We, um, that's it for rank the blank this week fake sponsored by Duracell batteries, the copper top. It looks exactly the same as it did in 1982. So if it ain't broke, yeah, don't redesign it. I feel like Energizer has gone, you know, remember, you know, the bunny one that we're not going to mention my name again, even though I just did twice. Yeah. Remember when batteries had those little like things you could press to to see the energy bar like shoot up oh i forgot all that and it like hurt your hands and you press it so hard and be like it can't be yeah i remember that yeah a lot of battery that. gimmicks but just the the classic copper top is <laughs> the, the ultimate deal yeah. i even have a um usb charger that i left back in present day that's like shaped like a, a duracell battery with the the copper top so iconic <laughs> um stock up for summer oh my gosh all right <laughs> now back to our feature presentation oh ashley what's the buzz on the thing how are critics and people and everyone receiving it not well. I'll mainly focus yeah. on the critics who did not like it. Um, some of their reviews were things like too phony looking to be disgusting. It qualifies only as instant junk. Um, another one said hard to tell who's being attacked and hard to care. Huh. Um, that's yeah, kind of people... your character critique there. I mean, if, I think guess that's what they mean. Yeah, it is. But I mean, um, the characters are distinct. It's just there's there's a lot of names being thrown around, but I don't know. Well, and I didn't really, I mean, I care about like maybe three of them and the rest of them are like, oh, that one died. Like, I just didn't know them well enough to care. So I kind of agree yeah. with that. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it didn't do very well. <laughs> People no, think, I mean, yeah. E.T. is just eating everyone's lunch in their, their Reese's. <laughs> like, we've got, this is, um, you know, we had to, we watched Blade Runner last week instead of The Thing. So this is The Thing's uh, second weekend. But it's all the way down at number eight, just edging out Bambi in re-release. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but it, that's a great double feature, though. Oh, yeah. Which one, <laughs> you, which one do you see first? <laughs> uh, I'd go Bambi and then the thing. Um, yeah. Well, I yeah. guess Bambi is a palate cleanser. It could work either, either way. way. <laughs> um, our beloved Annie coming in at number five with the cool five million. Blade Runner, a little bit ahead of, of Annie. Rocky three. Still, still there. Still at number three. Wow. Um, something called Firefox, which we just ignored at number <laughs> two. And ET, of course, going up and up and up and making more money oh each week. Um, somehow. So yeah, the thing, I mean, like I, the narrative, John Carpenter was a big name, and um 
Ridley Scott, maker of Alien, uh, you know, who made Alien and then Blade Runner, um, and uh, obviously a huge name. Like, I knew both of these are kind of uh, infamous for not not doing well when they first came out, but uh, Blade Runner is actually doing okay. Um, I guess just the expectation gap between you know the star power of Blade Runner and the kind of you know horror success of John Carpenter for the thing like both of these movies were hoping to do pretty well and E.T. is just sucking Destroying them yeah yeah it's ironic because they're all sci-fi movies and they like should be catering to different audiences but nobody could have seen like the juggernaut that E.T. Mm-hmm. was coming um yeah not unless, even people yeah. involved in it they're like eh, I don't know yeah yeah so Spielberg <laughs> is just crushing everyone but now looking back i don't know let's do a quick like um personal ranking of et blade runner and the thing oh et first okay then the thing then blade runner oh man yeah (laughs) you Uh, have to do it too now (laughs) my my like cool film nerd like um instant reaction would be yeah to go thing blade runner et but i'm gonna it's definitely the thing first so i don't have to nice fake that um and just because of like i want i could just watch carpenter movies over over and over and i love like going just all in on a director's vibe and this movie is 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 like we talked about arguably his best just depending Mm -hmm. on what mood you're in at the at any given time so that and then et is so influential and so satisfying to rewatch blade runner is like a once every you know 10 years i need to watch it and absolutely mind-blowing in aspects but not as a complete experience yeah um so all right um what's next um so would we consider this movie new release or old news on pretty easy one two three new release new release (laughs) yep yeah. yeah nothing um, nothing to argue about here no i definitely recommend to people just because it's like so like creative it's just such a cool thing to watch um i mean the effects again can't say it enough hold up way better than like a marvel movie from 10 years ago in terms yeah. of like feeling some kind of like realistic reaction to what's like uh, the effects provoking a real response versus just kind of like dulling your senses i mean like Mm -hmm. it's cool you can tell different stories with with cgi and and more epic um action stories is 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 worth experimenting with but this just provokes an entirely different like lizard brain um response um i will say like does anything about the pacing or just kind of like the general like uh i'll just for lack of a better word slowness of this movie not hold up no, I saw no. Okay. Good. Which yeah, I was surprised because it's no. yeah, it was a trap. Well, it only takes place in like one location. There's a couple of people, but like you're just waiting for that next weird creature effect to happen. So like I'm just like excited, like it builds. And then you're like, yeah. oh, that's when it's gonna happen. Like you just don't ever it's not predictable. And yeah. I, I think it's the cold weather and like the diversion <laughs> they take to the other research base. Like you said, like it does it does lull you. I mean, like if it does I won't say lull you to sleep it just like lulls you into um like a trance a malaise yeah and you're like which makes the the big crescendos all the more 
effective. It's not like the same kind of plot walls that Blade Runner has and just confusion. This, you know exactly what right. it's building to at all times. It just does have like clear peaks and, and plateau and, you know, like um, yeah, valleys just that, that slowly build throughout. So I think it's perfectly paced, but it's differently paced than it would be like if it was made today, I'm pretty sure. Right. Be, yeah, so I completely agree. But yeah, no, it's paced beautifully. Um, All right. So on a scale of zero to 82, how early 80s is <laughs> the thing? Um, we have a, quite a lineup. Log jam here. So E.T., 82 out of 82. Blade Perfect Runner, score. 79 out of 82. Poltergeist, 81. Stranger <laughs> Things 4, part 1, 80 out of 82. We've had to redo this whole thing. I'm going to bump Stranger Things down now. We've talked about yeah. it too many times. Yeah, um, I agree. Because it's now watching all these movies. We watched E.T. after Stranger Things. Like, mm-hmm. you can pay respect and you can fake the 80s, but like, right. and you can be accurate. But the way the story is told is totally different. Like, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, and the so. pacing and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm going to go 76 right up there, right tied right with, with Rocky, Rocky 3. three. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where do you want to put the thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I could, John Carpenter. If we're just doing Poltergeist ET and and I think it's ahead of Blade Runner because it doesn't yeah. have the complicated like future setting. It's a little bit just kind of it's very much in its time, but it's detached from um like a city location or anything. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of probably a little bit feels a little older older than it would if it was in a in an urban setting but i would say 80 yeah um, i agree with that the carpenter tie-in the kurt russell um the only thing it's probably missing is kind of like pop culture-y um music cues and 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 things like that um because mm-hmm. the score is completely detached from right. a time period <laughs> i mean it's a synthesizer so yeah that's good that's with- enough for me Okay. I'm good with 80. Um, all right. So each week we watch a movie, we take something from the movie and sell it for profit um, in our new this release easy gift one. shop. So what <laughs> do you want to sell? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm a trying to think thrower? of the, Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the size. No, that's obviously oh. what we're going to sell. Oh, okay, uh, great. I think it should be a, um, a super soaker flamethrower. Wait, what? Well, so. you know, you know what super soakers are. The, right, the water but it's guns. a flamethrower. Yeah, it's a super soaker flamethrower edition. So it'd be like called like a super fire or <laughs> <laughs> um a super stoker. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seems safe. I don't Let's I don't know when that. the I, I that's probably a nineties toy because you know, we definitely had um we had the little green and yellow one. We had like mm-hmm. an orange and yellow one that was bigger, like a 200. I think the green and yellow is the 50. Um, 50 the CC. Super Soaker 50. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if it has a, C, a 50cc engine on it. it but yeah. <laughs> No, I was going to say the th- same thing, but I think it's probably like ounces or something. Um, yeah. yeah. But I just, re- I just remember the colorways, and they've even released like Super Soaker sneaker-like colors. Oh, so weird. the green and yellow is the most common one, but I remember an orange one pretty vividly. Um, okay, so super stoker mini flamethrower. Yeah, flamethrower, and we don't even know how many. It'll be, you know, we're limited release. See what how the supply chains and and um, regulatory demands are before we determine the exact amount of gasoline it will hold. But you have to buy um, your own gasoline. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're not liable. Of course. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Fill it with water or with gas. So, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, you can fill it with um, water and it'll still catch on fire somehow. Oh, perfect. Great. <laughs> Guaranteed fire hazard. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's, our, that's our new release guarantee. Perfect fire hazard. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we going to watch next week? Yeah, next week, I guess we're going out of order. I mean, there is no order um, when we're making our own rules, but um, it's time to return to... I, well, I don't even know if we're in Hawkins anymore. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we're we occasionally, we're in Hawkins, we're in Russia, we're in um, California, but I think we are converging on yeah. Hawkins for the second half of Ooh. this. I know you're frightened. You're terrified. The number one song in America in 2022. Thanks right for Stranger Things. But I'm not going to lie to you. Your friends are not prepared for this fight. Uh-oh. We're not going to play this full trailer, but they really yeah. leaned into the song. This plays for the whole two-minute trailer. You haven't watched this yet. No, I haven't. You're saving yourself. Yeah, I didn't ready. want to watch it. All right. Well, yeah, that's enough spoiling for you. So Stranger Things 4, Volume 2. Ashley, pop quiz. How many episodes? How long? Two episodes. Where are we at? Yeah. Left two hours-ish each. Yeah. One and a half for the first, two and a half for the finale. So four more hours left in uh, season four. We did talk, I think, about where we... Yeah, I think we I actually don't know if we did or not, but whatever whatever. It's um it was a weird place to break up the seasons, but mm-hmm. eagerly awaiting kind of what I can assume is just gonna be an action packed, yes. you know, climax. Um them catching up with uh, some people are stuck in upside down, some are stuck in Russia. <laughs> it might <laughs> the main be the character is definitely the... gonna die, I'm sure. Yeah. And then we know for uh pretty sure we know for a fact there will be one, there'll be a season five and that'll be it. So yeah, uh, we don't know how long the break will be, but this is gonna be the last um the last bit of stranger things we get for a while. And the end the finish line is in sight for the creators and the characters. And, and so, yeah, I think they are going to want to push the, push the envelope here. I'm Everyone very excited. Dies, just like yeah. in the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a uh, stranger things uh, next week and a whole summer of 82 movies ahead before we transition to another year at the end of the summer. But we're staying in 82 for a while. So if you want to join for that, you can subscribe by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or any other podcast platform and follow us, Ashley. At new release podcast on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. And well, that's a thing. Yeah, you did it. (laughs) And now we can finally um, hear a little taste of the music. And that's it. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Over and over. synthesizer toss but once you get you know once you get trained like a, a pavlovian response like the, the poor husky like because it plays at the during that helicopter chase and then you're oh, just waiting yeah. for it to keep happening throughout the movie <laughs> and there's this oh yeah, there's like, yeah some... you could play this oh yeah <laughs>